You will? All right, come on. talk this morning about faith, faith, faith. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. I was looking of all the different verses in the Bible. There's over 300 verses that talk about faith from Genesis to Revelation. I'm not going to use them all today. <laughs> we wouldn't get out of here at about 5, 6 o'clock tonight. But um, I have my thoughts. I... I I needed a title for the, the message, so I, I made a title called Faith Will Make You Brave. Faith Will Make You Brave. And uh, it has an ability once we... And we have to know that faith is not something we do. It's something what God's doing in us and through us. Faith works through us and in us. Amen? Let's go to, if you go to Romans chapter 1... That's where we'll start. One verse there. There's just one verse in Romans 1.17. <clears throat> it says, For in, in, in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. I like that. From, so it's always, there's always a movement. We literally go from faith to faith. And, uh, and then it says the final part of that Scripture, As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen? And so... I think that's, that's important and also interesting. And uh, we can go on. There's uh, other scriptures in Romans. If you go to Romans 4, uh, you can actually use the whole chapter of Romans 4 because Abraham was justified by faith. And it speaks all about his process of belief, who he was, and what faith was all about. It's, it's a good chapter to read. The whole chapter has... I don't know, there's, uh, the mention of faith is mentioned, I think, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14 times. <coughs> just, in, just in Romans 4. Uh, Romans 5, there's just a few scriptures. Romans 9, there's some 10, there's, there's 3 and 10. But then if you went, uh, like if you went to, um, like uh, Romans 14 has three scriptures. So all through the book of Romans, there's faith, 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 everywhere is faith, 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 faith. And then if you went to Galatians chapter 3, you could use the whole chapter of Galatians chapter 3. It's all about faith. So there's, there's a tendency to think that only Hebrews 11 is about faith because you know, we all know that's where it talks about faith a lot. Hebrews 11, but James 2 has a lot of thoughts about faith. And so does 1 Thessalonians 3 and 1 Timothy chapter 1 
First Timothy chapter 1 has almost uh, 16 verses about faith. Well, let's go to Hebrews 11. No, wait a minute. Before you go there, let me stop. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2. I didn't even mention that one. So I was studying about faith all week, thinking about it, how to communicate it effectively, how to uh, share my heart about it. And something the Lord just really told me about it in Ephesians chapter 2. I really I like Ephesians 2 a lot. I read it a lot. Especially starting in verse 4, it says, Ephesians 2, 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us. I mean, that's... God is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And then there's a parenthesis at the end of that verse, which we all know that that phrase we know very well. By grace, you have been saved. Amen? <clears throat> And then you keep going down, and then He raised us up together, verse 6, and made us sit together in heavenly places, which is plural in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And then verse 8 really is a faith scripture. It says, it says For by grace you have been saved. And how, is the, how does that happen? Through faith. And that's not of yourselves. In other words, you're not involved. It's a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't make it happen. It's a gift of God. And so, you know, it lets you know that even faith is a gift of God. Not of works, verse 9 says, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship. The New Living Translation says, we are His masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Very interesting. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 5, which would be the book before Ephesians. You'd have to turn left instead of turning right. Galatians chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 6. <coughs> Just one verse before we go to Hebrews 11, then I'm going to start talking about some of my thoughts on faith. Galatians 5, 6, just the last half of the verse. I'm not here to talk about circumcision or explain that whole thing. We can be, you know, we can be on that topic for it has no pretty much no application for us right now, but we can talk about it in, in reference to other things. But but the last half of that verse, Romans chapter five, verse six says, But faith working through love. Faith working through love. Now let's go to Hebrews eleven. Hebrews 11. <clears throat> but if you have, I had uh, I have in my, my study in my office, I did bring it with me because it is a very interesting, um, I guess I'm, I'm kind of, you know, stuck by, by, but maybe because I have to teach out of them. But uh, this Bible here is a, uh, it's the uh, King James Version, 1611 Version. <clears throat> this Bible is uh, edited and authorized by um, Benny Hinn. Some of you know Benny Hinn, who is a disciple of uh, Catherine Kuhlman. But in this book, uh, in, this, in this Bible, in this publication or edification of this Bible, there's different pages in here where he talks strictly on two strong, to well, five topics, but two of the topics that are very strong are faith 
and the Holy Spirit. But there's, there's also very important things on here on prayer, healing, and the presence of God. Five, five topics that he emphasizes. And it's all color-coded, too. And there's, he's got, he's even has articles in here by Catherine Coleman, who has gone on from a long time before that many people didn't even know who she is. Uh, like, no, not many people know about William Branham, who was a revivalist in the 1950s. <clears throat> in fact, he was, his strongest years were, his strongest years were from 1940 to 1955. And I was just born in 1950, so I didn't even know who the guy was until, you know, history started talking to me and people started telling me. <clears throat> and we had a close friend who used to minister in our church years ago, uh, since we've been pastoring. His name was uh, Jim Setstar, and uh, he was a pastor in, in Worcester. And um, and now he's gone on to, you know, he's been promoted and graduated to his heavenly home. But he said that, <clears throat> he said that he, that's okay, she can cough all she wants. You want to offer a cough? Ask her for a cough drop then. <laughs> but you know, all I'm saying is that because he would say, he would, he would literally be in the meetings with William Branham and when revival and stuff would break out, he would literally hold the guy up from falling over from the, <clears throat> the anointing and the power that would come upon him during that, those meetings. But let's go to Hebrews 11. And it says, now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I mean, there's been year, I've been studying this, these verses for years because sometimes I, it says we, that, that the just walk not by sight but by faith. We live by faith. And so we have to understand what that means. I think, it, to me, it, it works in with becoming new creations, new creations in Christ. So we're learning a new language. We're learning a new way to live, a new way to understand in His kingdom, because His kingdom is different than, our, you know, than the world. And so we live in two, we're like citizens of two worlds. We're citizens of this world, because how many are going to be voting Tuesday? November 6th is vote day. And so we have to be voting for, you know, to let people know what we think you know, by our vote. And um, I think uh, for a lot of us, it's, for me, it's a, the silent majority is going to rule. You know, because a lot of people have a lot of things to say that are big mouths about things in the, you know, in the country. But I think that the majority of the, those who are going to uh, make the difference are those who are not saying anything and yet get to make their voice known through a vote. You know, so I think it's very important for us to vote. If you're not signed up to vote, get signed up. You know, you can vote absentee. You can vote before. You don't have to even go to your site, you know, that you go to. But we're going to go. I'm going. I'm, I'm wearing all red, just in case you wanted to know. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just going to go and vote. But anyway, we have to, you know, say what we mean. And I believe that we just have to learn. So Faith, to me, speaks in such a fundamental way that the ingredients of expectation and proof of the unseen world and the invisible can become clearly seen when you use your faith. When you use faith <clears throat> to express who you are in Christ, the unseen becomes seen. And so we have the ability, through using our faith, to declaring things or decreeing things or praying for things. And I've seen so much happen in prayer and prayer is a declaration. Prayer is a decree. And when we pray for things, we see results. So faith supersedes both the substance as well as the evidence of the visible realm. And I, I wrote this in my, one of my uh, posts this week on my Facebook. I think I did this on Instagram. Faith enjoys the celebration as much as what 
as what hope still visualizes as future. Faith has the ability, and when you read about faith here in these scriptures in Hebrews 11, you'll read there were many who had faith but never saw the promises, never, never experienced the promises. Though they knew they would be future, they still had the faith to see it and the faith to believe it, even though they didn't experience the result. You know, and I think that speaks more to, you know, to me as somebody who can have that kind of faith where we can you know, pray it, we could believe it, we could decree it, we could declare it, but we may not be seeing it. To me, somebody who's like that is somebody who's braver than somebody who's got to have it. I, got, I, I won't believe it until I see it. You know, It doesn't take faith to, to wait for it to be seen. It takes faith to say it, decree it, and you know, put it out there and then just wait, whether it comes when, in, our, in our generation or somebody down the road. But hope and faith, because it's faith that makes our hope tangible. For it is faith alone that explains what is, what is not yet seen to the natural eye. For in times past of the ages were perfectly framed by the Word of God. I, I, I relate to faith real easy because in 1985 I came to the city, Lakewood, and God says, plant a church. And I says, how, Lord? What, Lord? What, how do I do it? You know, I didn't, I didn't have a book. I, I just had my Bible, of course. And I've read about all the faith heroes in the Bible and read about Abraham, read about the different people, what they did by faith, you know, with how Moses and how Joshua, how Joshua took Jericho by faith. And so those kind of stories that I would read in the Bible encouraged me <clears throat> to come to Lakewood and start a church. You know, and I, and I didn't know how to do it, so I just, just prayed and asked God to give me directions. And I literally took it step by step. I took it by faith. You know, and even where we're here today, established, we even got our building. I mean, I waited uh, a, lot, a lot of years, 22 years for a building. But I, I believed. I, I just stood on, my, on that faith of what was not seen. So for in times past, the ages, it says in the Word of God right here, if you read you know, the third verse of Hebrews 11, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were made were not made of things which are visible. And so and so and a lot of times people, you know, people, you know, in our world we struggle with that. You know, like it's you know, you say you can't buy anything unless you have the money in the bank. Well, that's true and also it's false. Because if you have the money in the bank, you don't need faith. If you don't have the money in the bank and you want to see something or you want to buy something, then you have to live by faith. You have to start praying. You have to start believing. You have to start thinking that way. And then let God bring it to pass. And that takes... I mean, if you're waiting on God, how many has been around the pole long enough to know that God's not always in your timetable? <clears throat> now, you might want something or someone or something to happen, and you might want it yesterday, and God's still saying, no, now's not the time. He's not saying that he's... You know, but I've learned over the years, he's not saying no, he just might be saying not yet. He says he might be saying your character or who you are could not contain or take what I would want to give you right now. So let's, let's cause your spirit to grow, let's cause your faith to grow, let's cause your ability to wait more and trust more in me, and then we'll see the de you'll see the demonstration down the road. And, I, you know, and I'm not the one in charge, he is. That's why I always went back to Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not upon your own understanding. That's a big word there. 
Because we tend to believe that we know, and we know how to do it. When, you know, it's, if, if I know how to do it, why do I need God? If my bank account, you know, if this, when we came to this building, if it, this building was, the asking price was $967,000, and we wanted to buy it, why do I need God if I have $5 million in the bank? Do I need Him? No, I don't need Him. I just, have to, I just can just depend on the finances that I have. doesn't take any faith. But if I come to this building and they're asking $967,000 and I have $3,000 in my checking account for the church, what do I need? I need faith. Right, I've got to believe that God's going to do something here. And if He doesn't do something, we're not going to be worshiping there. We're going to still be on Clarence or on you know, another street on the, in the city, in another, another building. <clears throat> so for years and years, we just moved by faith. I remember when we made our first big move into a building, when we went from renting the school or renting, you know, renting the civic theater. Uh, these things, I, I got to you know, throw this thing to the wind here pretty soon. Oh, scared the daylights out of me. <laughs> I guess it doesn't work on that little thing. He's a heavier. Thanks for putting that there for me, uh, Sid. Scared me. <laughs> just teasing. I'll get over it. But you know, it's just I'm just saying that it takes faith, it takes trust, and that for us is a can be a foreign language when we're told if it's not in the checkbook, if it's not, if you can't see it, you know. And I used to have, you know, I used to. As the pastor, I would say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to go here, we're going to go there. And people would look at me, when, even when we came to this building, you know, I had a church council you know, who said to me, well, we can't buy the building, pastor, so why even attempt to go look at it? I said, because by faith, God wants to give it to us. And they said, what does that mean? You know, what does faith mean? Because it's not something... See, I believe when we're born again, God puts faith in us. And it's literally, it's His faith in us that wants to manifest through us. And sometimes, you know, that can be a struggle because we want to live our lives the way we've always lived. How we learned, how we grew up, how mom and dad taught us. To, you know, I, I still go back to that old, old, old thing where the, <clears throat> everybody, where this woman, every year at Thanksgiving, they would, she would cut her, her, her turkey or something to a certain size and somebody says, why do we, every time we make a turkey, mom, why do, the, the daughter asks the mom, why do, every time we make a turkey or the ham, why do we have to cut? Because that's what my mom taught me to do. And, and why did mom tell me to do that? Because she didn't have a pan big enough for the ham or the chicken or the turkey. So she had to cut it off. And so she just thought that was the way we made it. Every time we made it, we had to make it to a certain size. So we just kept doing what we kept doing because... That's how we did it in the past. You know, and so that, that kind of thinking then will prohibit you from going forward. Not being able to think out ahead and going forward into our thinking, kind of living by faith. And I believe that if we start to understand that everything visible, everything visible has its origin in the invisible. Now that's hard for a lot of people to think about. You know, for, for things that we, we want. So if that's the case, then it's, it really goes against the grain of how we think, how we believe. If it, has to, if, if it has to manifest from the invisible to the visible, 
We need another component to make that real. And the only thing that I believe is the key that unlocks the door for us is faith. Having faith in God to be able to do something that's totally impossible for us. And and I have no other place to go but to this building. And when we only had $3,000 and we looked at the building... And we prayed. I, now you can ask. You can ask my wife. I spent a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of times, a lot of Sundays during church under the pew, praying, asking God for a building, for a place that we could have as our own. You know, and it's. I still, I'm so, so blessed just to have this place, for what God did. And and then somebody just calling me on the phone and says, "There's a guy heard you on the radio, and he wants to help you buy your building." Right? Was it? Wasn't that the way it happened? He just called. Or somebody we knew said. I know somebody that wants to give some money to help you buy your building. You know, and somebody was willing to give us $300,000. You know, and I I didn't have it. I said, how am I going to buy the building? He said, I'll tell you exactly how to buy your building. I'll help you buy the building. And he says, says, you have to do your part. I said, okay, I'll do my part, you know, because I've been praying a long time for my part. You know, so, and we got the building. I mean, God provided it. And he did everything that that guy said to do. It happened just that way. So faith, I believe, has a voice today. I mean, faith had a voice back here in Hebrews 11. Faith had a, a voice for Abraham. Faith had a voice for Moses. Faith had a voice for Joseph. Faith had a voice for Joshua. But I believe faith still has a voice today for us who are his people, who are his children, who are his sons and daughters of God. As we step out in faith and start believing we could see the healings. We could see the miracles. We could see the glory. If you're, if you're lacking something that you don't have and you want it, a car, a friend, a mate, whatever, what, what's, what's the only thing that's stopping is faith. And if we can get to that place, so even Enoch, who the, the Bible says that even Enoch, in, who walked with God, had a voice today, for he knew the favor of God. Enoch himself proved that faith can defeat death. He never died. He walked with God and the Bible says he was no more. Faith pleases God, not because we have good or bad behavior, but because we read the Bible. That's why I like, I mean, Cora coming up here and singing that song. How do do we know that that Jesus loves us? Because the Bible tells us so. You know? And she knows it by faith. So faith rewards exceeds any other sense of achievement. Faith knows that God is and that He is able to do. Let me go, let me go look up that scripture so that <laughs> I don't misquote even myself. Ephesians 3, verse 20. <clears throat> it says, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. It's like there's three major Descriptions are exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me that says God can blow my mind if I want Him to. That I can put something down on paper and say, God, I need this or we need this, our family needs this. Or... And God, if He wants to, can blow our minds. I remember, I remember back, and this is another story, when we were on radio and, and the radio station came to me and said, you have a... You know, Pastor Mike, you have a $42,000 bill. I says, where am I going to get that money, Jesus? Do you hear me? Where am I going to get that money, Jesus? I don't have $42,000 to pay the bill. 
He says, well, what have you done in the past? The Holy Spirit says, what have you done in the past? I says, pray, ask, have faith, trust God, and wait on you. And so I just did that. I started praying. And somebody, somebody came to us with a motor home, drove it into the parking lot, a 38-foot motor home, and gave me the keys and gave me the title and said, do whatever you want. If you want to take it and drive it over a cliff, I don't care. I woke up this morning. I've been trying to sell my house in Dayton and move to Parma. I woke up this morning, and when in prayer, God says, give the motorhome to Mike Bartolone. And so he drove the motorhome over to our parking lot, gave me the keys. I didn't know what to do. With, I mean, I didn't even know what it was worth. But it paid the bill. I had some friend who was a business guy, an entrepreneur, says, you know, there's guys out there that sell these kinds of vehicles for a living and you give them 10% of the sale. So I got a hold of a guy who did that across America. He, got on, he put it on his site and did all kind of stuff. Somebody from Las Vegas wanted the 38-foot motorhome, flew into Cleveland, bought it, gave us the check, and flew out. I said, here's a, here's a key, here's a title. I don't want it. I sat in it, I looked at it, I prayed in it, but when it came try, time to try to even fill up the gas tank, I almost went, <gasps> that's when gas was like 3 $4 a gallon, and to fill it up would have cost me like five or $600 to fill up the gas tank. I said, I ain't keeping this thing. This ain't no blessing to me. I just want to pay the bill. <laughs> and I, so God just wanted me to pay the bill, and he brought that thing right to me. I didn't even have to chase it down. I believe God can do those kinds of things. But we have to have faith. And I believe He'll do it just in your little sphere, your little place, your little metro. If you'll just start, take this scripture, Ephesians 3.20, write down what you want, what you, you, know, what you need, or what's, you know, what's important to you, and pray about it, express your faith, trust in the Lord about it, and then let God blow your mind. Let God do what He wants to do. I just don't think... You know, I remember years ago when I was, we were talking about you know, getting a building and getting, doing things, and God kept telling me, you just don't ask enough, Mike. You need to ask more. You need to believe more. I said, how much more could I believe? It must, I must not be believing enough because He asked me to do more. So I started asking more. I started believing more. I started praying more. I started fasting more. I told my doctor, I went to see my doctor on Friday at the Cleveland Clinic I haven't seen for six months, my functional doctor, because of my first diagnosis with diabetes. And she said to me, she says, I could put on your paper right now, you are not a diabetic. Because in my book, you beat it. You beat it, 100%. And I, she says, well, how did you beat it? I said, I pray, I fast, I eat correctly, I listen to every word you say, and I do it. I take the supplements, and I believe God does the rest. I trust Him. She said, I could put it on there right now. You're not a diabetic, but if I don't put diabetic on this paper, your insurance won't pay. So in my book, I'm going to put diabetic on here so you can get, all, you can get your bills paid by your insurance. Otherwise, you'll be paying it out of your pocket. I said, okay. 
I didn't have, if I, I mean, if I was a multimillionaire, I'd have put, I would say, take it off. But my checkbook will not do it. You know, so, but I just want you to know you can beat it. Everything's reversible. I'm reading a book right now on health that says every sickness is reversible. Now, she also said, this, the doctor, Dr. Elizabeth Bradley, who is an MD, she said she had a patient come to her with stage 4 prostate cancer and the clinic said immediate chemo and immediate radiation is the only possibility for your hope for living. And he said, I'm not going to do that. I want to come to you, Dr. Bradley. I want you to put me on supplements and diet and exercise, what you've been doing you know, for other people, and I want to see what God's going to do. He came back in six months and the cancer was gone. Because he prayed, he fasted, he trusted the Lord, and it was gone. No chemo, no radiation. I have other friends that, that do that as well. So I, I really believe, I'm convinced food is medicine. <clears throat> and if you can eat the right proper foods, you, you could change everything in your body. Anything and everything. I mean, I, I'm reading a book right now that says, you know, the reason, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't know if it's true because I'm not a doctor. I'm just reading somebody's, you know, information. But if you have heart condition or if you have sickness or disease in your body, 99% of that sickness and disease comes from a bad, malfunctioning liver. If you get the liver healthy in your body, your whole body will be healthy, clean. They say that 90% of Americans have a fatty liver, a clogged liver from the food that we eat. And it's just, I mean, it's amazing what we can do if we'll just, you know, do the right thing. And I believe that's the same thing with faith. You know, Faith has its ability. You see, and, and it's all about, faith to me is about a relationship with God. It's about being intimate with Him and listening to His voice. You know, being led by the Spirit and being people who are Spirit-led and Spirit-formed and carry the Spirit's presence where we go. And we need to see things. I, I, he wants to, did you hear me during communion? God wants to bless you all the time. He wants to bless you all the time. He doesn't take a break. He doesn't say, I'm, today's my day off. I'm not going to bless you today because it's my, it's my day off. He, he'll bless you every day. So in faith, Noah erected an ark, saving his household from the coming judgment. His faith made the difference between judgment and justification. And it's the same thing with us. We put our faith in Jesus, who paid for all of our sins. Amen? Past, present, and future. And, his, and, and it's that faith that takes, 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 takes it all. And so in faith, Abraham acknowledged the call of God to give him identity and destiny as his inheritance as he journeyed into the unknown. He had nothing, and he still went. And he, used every, and he got what he, he deserved. Nothing but his faith seemed strong, secure, and true, while all along camped in tents like a stranger in a land of promise. Sometimes I feel like that. But I believe it's, it's real. I believe things can change. And you can ask Maria. We've, I, I probably could write two books, not three books, probably two, three, four books on all the things that God's done in our lives by faith. Healings, families. We had a, a family member who couldn't have a baby. We prayed and somebody offered an adopted child to them just because we started to pray. And then once they got the child, somebody wanted to come and take the child back. And we started to pray again. And started trusting God and said, you gave the baby to us. You can't take it back. You know, it's just like a, like a fight in a war, but 
fight the good fight of faith. That was scripture about faith in the Bible. So things start to happen. Well, in faith, Sarah was equally amazing and gave birth to a child when she was humanly when it was humanly impossible for her to do that. <clears throat> she gave God's faithfulness to His promise, the official rank of authority in her life. God, God can do it. You know, and I, I I've said that to a lot of people in a lot of different church council meetings, and they look at me like, "What are you talking about, Pastor Mike? There's no money." I said, "We don't need money." We just need faith. We just need to trust God. And He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think if we believe. That's why I love the Scripture. I like, I like, I like two-word Scriptures. You know, like Jesus wept on 6. I like Luke 8.50. At the end of the Scripture, it says, Only believe. Only believe. And, and, and those kind of things, little things, communicate really well to me. I can memorize only believe. Can you memorize that? Two words, only believe. You know, so I believe that if we do that, we can see things start to happen in our lives at a greater, you know, greater experience of, of things happening. So faith spoke of an offspring beyond the ability to count. I mean, Abraham, from one as good as dead who would bear children more numerous, God promised that his offspring would be more numerous than the stars above as impossible to count as the grains of the sand on every distant seashore. Now, what, what kind of a promise is that? I believe when Abraham heard that promise, he said, okay, sure. What are you talking about? Who could count all the stars in the heaven? Have you ever looked up in the sky at night and tried to count the stars? And mine's like, what are you, crazy? Or do you ever go to a beach and, and say, okay, let's count, let's use this, this beach here for 10 miles, let's count all the stars. All the little pebbles of sand. Let's count them. Oh, not me. i got something to do. <laughs> I ain't sticking around for that nonsense. So the blessings of righteousness come by faith, <clears throat> which even today, because we are in Christ, you know, Christ received all the blessings of Abraham. They all went to Him. And when we receive Christ, we not only get His blessings from the Father, but we get all of Abraham's blessings as well. And so many, again, many people in Hebrews 11 died in faith still believing. And even though they did not see or witness the fulfillment of the promise in their lifetime, they saw it in the future and embraced the promise in persuasion, totally convinced of its reality. I believe we can believe that. I believe, I believe that God, you know, the Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Why don't we start believing that someday here on planet earth, the whole earth will be filled with God's glory? We just have to believe. Rather than having the negative doubt of all the wickedness. And all the, you know, it's all what you focus on. You know, focusing on the good, focusing on the righteous. And so these people, their lives in Hebrews 11, their lives declared loud and clear that they were simply sojourners and pilgrims in a land where its natural ge geography couldn't, could neither confine nor define their true inheritance. And that's who we are as believers. Nothing can define us except Jesus. Nothing can define us except the Word of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. You know, I just, just, just a powerful, powerful thing. I want to get this. Um, 
Oh, somebody's going on. Somebody's going for a quick ride. I'd like to read out of the New Living Translations. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, that's fine. Colossians. Is it Colossians? Yeah, I think so. Chapter 1. Let me see. Hope that's it. And the Colossians will be after. Okay, there it is. Colossians chapter 1. This is it, Colossians 1, verse 25. It says, God has given me the responsibility of serving His church by proclaiming His entire message to you. Verse 26 says, This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now has been revealed to God's people. That's who we are. For God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. And this gives assurance of His glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. And we want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. And that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Amen? And so our lives declare, our lives proclaim. And we don't have to have any regrets because we're always going forward in faith. God is always taking us somewhere and and bringing us forward. So faith itself is a forward always going forward. For in Christ, I like this scripture in 2 Corinthians, for in Christ old things have passed away. Amen? And everything, literally everything, has become new. For faith itself sees a greater reality in the invisible hidden realm than what we could ever experience in our present situation. For faith itself looks for a place and a city designed by God. And you'll see that in Hebrews uh, Hebrews 12 especially or a place in the city designed by God where He Himself is glad to be their new permanent residence. God is your address. You are His temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so faith is the true evidence of the promises made because faith sees what God alone could see. Faith sees what God alone could see. For faith itself exceeds the natural. For it was faith that convinced Moses that he was not the daughter of Pharaoh. For faith will make you brave and make you and will make the invisible apparent. Make you see it. What do you see? And kingdoms were conquered by faith. And in spite of all the victories of faith, still others were marked, mocked, and excuse me, and ridiculed for their faith, beaten and shackled and imprisoned. Others were stoned to death. Others were sawn asunder. How many of you know who was sawn asunder? Isaiah. That's correct. He was put in a log and sawn in pieces for his proclamation of the truth of God's Word, who God was. While others will be brutally slaughtered with the sword, some have been harassed and tormented for their faith, some left to die in dungeons for their love of God and their belief of union, fullness with Him alone, 
For the world itself has not realized their worth, for these heroes of faith were often driven from their homes, forced to live in the deserts and the mountains like animals sleeping in caves and holes in the ground. Yet their lives were trophies to their faith. They believed. They stood firm on God's Word and the substance of what they saw and the evidence of things they never saw. So in Christ, God sees the perfect picture of us. No, God sees it already. He sees you already as perfect. How many can't always see that? I can't, but He sees it. He sees you already perfect in Christ. And so, for Christ is the substance of our lives. And every faith hero who has lived before us cheers it on that we would run the race set before us with total persuasion that we are all successful who believe in the finished work of the cross. And so we turn our eyes from the others and simply fix them upon Jesus. Stay fixed on Jesus. Stay looking at Him. Who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. For He is what faith is all about. There's a scripture in Mark that says, Have faith in God. I don't, my faith, I can't put... I don't have it. I, if you're looking to me... When we went to buy this building, I mean, 967,000, not me, but I had faith in God. I'd seen God work in the past, and I know He could work again. So God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Amen? And so the question begs asking, would you be willing to die for your faith? I would. I would, I would give it. I, won't, I wouldn't care for me. I'm persuaded. You know, I'm totally persuaded of my confidence is in Christ. I believe God is visible in my life, you know, by faith. And for we are now living what I call the grace race, not the law race. We're in grace, fully throttle ahead. And all victories of Christ are now our victories. Whatever Christ is doing, we're winning the wars as well because we're included. And I want you to know, what, if you don't believe it, I'll tell you what to do. You get in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, 2. There's only four chapters. You get in, get in see, 1, 2, and 3. You get in Colossians... If you just stay in 1 and 2, just stay in 1 and 2, and you'll find out that Jesus defeated the devil on the cross. And if he's defeated, why are you fighting him? Kick him to the curb. Get a Christ consciousness. Get rid of a devil consciousness. Get rid of a sin consciousness and focus on Jesus. Focus on Christ. Focus on his goodness. Focus on all he wants to give you because we're included. And all that Christ has, we have as well. And so we believe today we are participating in a mass joint celebration of heavenly and earthly things with heavenly beings. Amen? Because we're the firstborn. We're the firstborn in the heavenlies. We are fully associated in His immovable kingdom. Our lives, our lives give evidence to His grace, for we are now God's delight. God's delight. So, I, mean, I mean, honestly, I wish you could see what I saw when we all took communion. I just saw the light. It was like a blast. It was like one of those, you know, those big old Hiroshima bombs, you know, that go up, the big cloud thing. That's what I saw. I was like, all of light in the whole place. And so who do I take my lead from? Jesus. What He has and what He always will be. Because I've learned that Jesus is my starting point. Jesus is my reference point, and Jesus is my ending point. 
And what God has spoken to us in Christ is equally relevant now as it was in the past when He was here. And it will always be because it's an eternal future that we live in. We live in the eternal now. There's no, no other place to be. And so don't allow any influence foreign to grace communicate to you, even if it's very entertaining and carries the Christian label. Just no. It's not what we want. Feast on grace. Do not be deluded in your diet of any kind of legalism or any form of sacrifice or self-effort, for there's no nourishment left in the law, for praise itself replaces all sacrifice. That's why when we worship, great worship today, Mike, I could just praise Him. Because I know what He's done. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've got my list. I've got my memories. You know? And they're good memories. So the truth of the harvest that we bring in this tribute from our lips and now acknowledging His name. For His name represents the authority of our identity. And if you don't know this or not, according to the Word, if you looked up the Greek word righteousness in Romans, the gift of righteousness that we receive, it's a gift of restored innocence. Innocence. And I love innocence. When, I, when I'm with my granddaughter, who's four, she's four? When I'm with her, well, she's like so innocent. I just like, she's so attractive. I like... You know, she sat right next to me last night for my birthday celebration. And um, she sat right next, and she, she drew a picture of, of me. Happy birthday, Pastor. You know, not, happy birthday, Papa. And so, if you saw this thing, you'd say, <laughs> but to me it was beautiful, you know. But grace is ours to embrace. But we have a restored innocence in Christ. And that, that's very, very, uh, that's a great, great inheritance. Amen? And so we embrace it in faith with grace. And finally, faith in our restored innocence through the success of the cross is the vehicle that gives us access into the sanctuary of sanctuaries, the immediate welcome and presence of our Creator. Mike, I want you to come. God Himself in Christ obtained our righteousness through the redemptive work of Christ on the cross he secured our right of access into all the blessings imaginable. Just think about that. Every blessing that you need, God has it already planned. And Jesus gives definition to God eternal love in our unhindered union with Him. Amen? Amen. That's all I have. The end.